0: This is the Reluctant Leader podcast, the podcast designed to help you step out of the shadows and become an inspirational leader. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and each episode I will be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. I'll be picking their brains for those golden nuggets that will help you be the best you can be. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing at thereluctantleader.co.uk and please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. So let's get on with the show. Today I'm talking to Anne-Marie Wolby. She's an experienced leader, coach and facilitator. She has a passion for leading and driving change, a pioneer for unleashing human potential and achieving engagement and fulfilment. Uh, she likes to work on meaningful projects and make a difference to the engagement and success of as many lives as possible. She's also an accredited emotional intelligence practitioner and a coach for over 10 years. Hope you enjoy this little chat about emotional intelligence and I will catch you on the other side. So Anne-Marie, welcome to the Ructon Leader podcast.
1: Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here.
0: It's great to have you along. Um, I remember when I came to your workshop a while back, I, mm. was, um, I went away with lots of things to think about and I'm hoping, or I'm sure, that the listeners will um, have the same sort of experience, although we've obviously only got a short amount of time to talk about what emotional intelligence is. Um, but it's yes. obviously a really important subject Um, in the leadership world but before we go down that route uh, before we get there what we need to know is a bit more about you and uh, why you do what you do and what was the pivotal moment that led you to to do it
1: okay so i guess i um I've spent a lot of time in L and D, learning and development, in the corporate world. Uh, started life as a as a retail manager and moved into the sort of HR and learning world, and gradually over time came across NLP, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really was. Uh, a big stepping stone of getting into um, mindset work and coaching. And then probably about 10 years ago now, uh, we were introducing Leading with Emotional Intelligence into an organization. And as part of that, myself and the team of coaches I was part of, we went on the workshop first. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was it, really. (laughs) I was hooked. Uh, It worked at such a deep level. Uh, It absolutely made sense to me. Um, And I haven't looked back since I literally then became a practitioner in the tools that I was introduced to. And now I've become a partner in a new organization, um, working in this area of, you know, emotional intelligence in leadership Mm -hmm. and in life.
0: Yes, and, that, and that's so important, isn't it? It's not just about leadership; it's about life in general, and how you can use um, skills to get the better outcomes in work and in in social situations. Uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okie doke. Um, so, I think before we get too much into too much detail, I, I'd like to know firstly what you think or, or what you know about motivation, uh, emotion, motivation. What is emotional intelligence? How do you see it?
1: Um, So for me, I always just use the words. So if you think about the words, emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. is being about intelligent, about my emotions. So, um, you know, if you put your crime fighting hat on and you think about, what's the intelligence that we have on this crime, on what we're trying to do, and you use that sort of concept, then for me, that says it. It's about Mm -hmm. what intelligence is my body providing me with? What's my mind saying? What's my inner voice saying? What's the feelings that I have in my body right now? That's all the data Mm -hmm. that your system is giving to you. Um, And if you use that data then and you use it intelligently you are more likely to be able to show up in a way that is collaborative open um, and gets better results and better relationships for you
0: right okay so from what you say there it's uh, initially we need to be uh, aware of what's going on absolutely yeah. Absolutely. So have you got any, So how how do we uh, know what's going on? How do we sort of tap into that and, and get some sort of feeling as to what's going on?
1: Um, so the main thing really for everybody that I start with is slow down. So mm. we tend to live life at a very fast pace uh, in organisations where demand more and more and more results, uh, faster and faster results. It's very, very easy to live in a 24-7 world. Mm responding to external stimulus like social media and pinging of phones and um, emails 24-7. And really the key to being more emotionally intelligent is to pause and Mm -hmm. to notice what's going on. So some of the best leaders and the most successful leaders around, uh, just using them as an example, or sports people, people who perform at their best in their field, Uh, take quiet time. Mm. They reflect, they learn, they take feedback, they look at their performance and think about, did they do the best they could? They fine tune and they hone and Mm. they are always uh, growing and learning in terms of being better at what they do. And if you use that as the metaphor,
0: Mm. you know, yeah, and that reminds me of the, the workshop that I came to and mm-hmm. the, the three sectors, and I think that would be quite useful for you to, to expand on and what, what those sectors are. You've talked about recharging. Uh, and, and and there's other three, the other three sectors. The other
1: three, yeah. So basically in our, um, we call it our feelings gauge, and it's about becoming really aware of the feelings that our body is communicating to us. And again, if you use that as data. Mm. Um, so if I'm in the stress or survival sector, then basically um, I'm probably running uh, on high energy Uh, But with a a level of cortisol and adrenaline in my body, maybe feeling a bit anxious, typical feelings would be maybe stress, a little bit of panic, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of overwhelm. And obviously, it can go to high levels of that. Mm. Um, But sometimes we get addicted to being in that sector because it can feel quite exciting. (laughs) You know, it's kind of firefighter area. And it can feel really exciting to be the person who's always on demand and always needed and always putting out the fires. But the reality is um, if we live in that sector most of the time, we will probably solve problems in the same way as we always have. So we'll mm. always do what we've always done because we're in habit and habitual response. Um, the Another sector is literally the burnout sector so if you stay in that stress and survival sector too much there's a high probability that you'll end up in the burnout sector which is where your batteries are empty Mm. um so you'll either you'll either literally collapse you know you'll get home and you'll just become a couch potato or you'll go on holiday there's a holiday looming as we speak um and you'll spend the first few days in bed or you'll get a cold or, you know, you'll be exhausted and you haven't got time for friends or family or kids or pets. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, worst case people burn out and they're literally very ill. So, um, kind of avoid that one as much as possible.
0: That one, <laughs> and, that one <laughs> particular before we move on, that one yeah. particularly resonates for me uh, from coming from a, a retail Family business uh, background. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. very full on, and mm. I can remember, you know, coming to holidays um, and literally just flaking out and just being no good to anybody. And I mm. used to get in trouble for it, and I used to, you know, mm-hmm. fall asleep and all the time. And you know, looking back, you think, yeah, I was, I was, I was in a, a state which I didn't know any different. That was, that's yeah. the thing, that I, I wasn't really tuned into what i was doing wrong i just thought that's what that's the only way i can be there's no other way but obviously as, as time goes by you realize there is
1: yeah and, and that's one of my greatest wishes it actually is you know mm. the more that we get this information out there the more people will have a happier more balanced life mm. and actually that's when they perform better and get better results yeah. um that burnout zone if you think about what you were just sharing it's a bit like trying to squeeze more juice out of the orange you know yeah. you it's done. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and, 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 but we, but we get into the habit of just trying to keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, the, f- the fourth sector is um, the uh, renewal sector, which is for me is one of the most important sectors. So, this is where we would talk about positive feelings, but low energy. And so that could be um, walking the dog, um, sitting um, and just listening to a a piece of music, you know, three and a half minutes of a good track that Mm. uh, lifts your spirits. It doesn't have to be a two week, three week vacation somewhere. Um, It's what can I do intermittently throughout the day to just reboot? Um, And I think the computer is a great example, a metaphor to use because when it gets stuck, we reboot, yeah. you know, we close down programs, but as human beings, we move. I mean, I see people in my work and they literally run from one meeting to the next all day long and yeah. they're not being effective. And that culture of being present means that you're on it is you know one of the biggest challenges we have so the renew sector is the one where i really try and encourage people to find ways throughout the day to just pause hit the pause button have some me time Um, for some people that means doing something vibrant and exciting like watching you know a five minute youtube clip that makes you laugh or yeah. you know listening to a, an upbeat energizing piece of music and for other people it's a tranquil piece of music it's like whatever you need at the time but that again is where the self-awareness comes in of what's right for me
0: yeah yeah so what we're talking about here is a bit of yeah, self-awareness and also um self-management isn't it um, and being aware of our emotions um um being aware of um what's motivating us what why, why we're doing things
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: and and then also I guess there's a um when we're talking about leadership um when we get into a leadership role it's not just about us we need to know and have a connection and an empathy I guess with what's going on with our, our team and those that we're leading
1: Yeah, well, the leadership zone is an interesting one for me because um, basically as people, we, um, we carry a climate with us. You know, so I have a lovely phrase. I probably used it on the workshop you attended, which is, you know, are you the kind of person who lights up the room Mm -hmm. when you walk in or when you walk out? (laughs) Yes. Exactly. (laughs) And we all know people like that. We know people at parties like that. We know people in organizations like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we know about that. And, And what they bring with them is, for want of a better phrase, they they bring a climate. So do they bring the positive, energetic, sunshine-type climate into the room, or do they bring the dark cloud of stress and burden and blame? Mm. Um, So first of all, again, back to self as a leader, it's kind of, so what's the climate you create? Do you catch people doing things right, Mm. or do you catch people doing things wrong? Um, So what's your climate, and then how do you encourage and lead and be a role model and a mentor um, to the people around you and set the tone in the team and the people that you interact with. Mm. And then how does that eventually go throughout the whole organization? Um, And obviously, the more leaders that operate in that way in an organization, you very quickly change the culture and the climate of that organization. Mm. And it is about... For me, as a leader, it is about if you want people to challenge you, to tell you what's wrong, to um, give you ideas, innovate, then you have to be open. And in order to be open, you have to be able to listen to yourself and listen to others. So it is very much an adult on adult relationship and an open, collaborative, curious Kind of mindset um that you want to bring with you mm.
0: and that can be quite challenging for some people can't it be that open that it's almost um becoming vulnerable um to, to those that you're leading or managing uh people some people will think well that's not for me to be it's it's for me to be the strong one that has to be you know setting uh, being being the person that's always showing the, um, the right way to do things. But yeah. when you're in the leadership position, it's okay sometimes to feel that you don't always have the answers. Uh, and when you don't have those answers, it's not allowing yourself to get into a position where you're almost beating yourself up. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. And, and checking in with that and, and, um, sharing that is, 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 is a healthy thing to do.
1: Yeah, and, and there's a couple of things I'd like to share on that really, Mark, which yeah. is um, there's a big difference between managing and leading. Absolutely. So quite often, you know, we're maybe the expert in a field. Like, for example, we're a really good salesperson and then we become the sales manager. <laughs> um, sometimes we don't make a really good manager. Sometimes we do. But managing is about making sure that things get done right. So, are your people able to follow the sales process? Are they able to hit the targets? Have they got all the resources? You know, Do they understand the product and the services and the customers? Mm-hmm. Do things right. Yeah. Leadership is a different step game again. So, leadership is about doing the right things. And sometimes the right things is to be quiet and listen. Sometimes the right things is to allow someone to pitch something. And then give them feedback on what was great and what they would need to do differently next time. So it isn't allowing them necessarily to fail, but it's allowing them to grow and learn so that you then have a strong team of people around you. So I think that's the biggest step change that people find the most difficult because nobody ever really tells you that there's a difference between management and leadership. That's right. um, and I do remember one chap on a workshop saying to me, we are we doing some coaching skills, and he said, so basically what got me to where I am, I now have to stop doing. And I went, pretty much, yeah, you're <laughs> not the solution person anymore. You need to enable your team to come up with the solutions and guide them. That's leadership,
0: absolutely, and that is such a you know an important lesson to learn, isn't it? Mm. When when I've with the you know the clients I've worked with, um, so many oh. have been in that position thinking that there are the ones that have to have all the answers, the yes. ones that have to fix things, and you know when you suddenly realise actually it's not that you you are not there to fix everyone's problems because um, I call it the. The the sponge scenario where if you get to that position where you're the one that's having to make all the decisions, you know, put things right, you, you can only soak up a certain amount. And when you get to a point like a sponge does when it's absolutely saturated, there's nowhere else for the, the excess water to go. So that you just get to a point where you just you just can't take anymore. And that's you know, that's I guess that's when we talked about burnout, that's where you know that leads to that. Uh, it,
1: yeah. And the other side of it is, so you're in burnout and your team are bored yeah, because they've stopped growing. They've stopped using their brain to think of ideas and solutions because you're doing it all. So yeah. actually, on the one hand, you think you're doing them a favor by maybe solving the problems and showing how you know, clever you are in the nicest way. Yeah. However, you've stopped them from growing because you're not saying to them, come and show me. Bring your ideas. I want to listen to your ideas. You know, Mm. so it really is a win-win if you allow people to grow and encourage them to think outside the box, or just to solve the problems and come and check in that they're on the right track.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one the most important one of the most important things I ever learnt was when people come to you, rather than um, give them the answer, say, "Well, what would you do if I wasn't here?" So, so you give them the opportunity to. Give their opinion of what they would do if you weren't available and most of the time most people do you know they come up with the right answer don't they yeah and once they do that and they realize oh actually that was right then what they do then eventually is they come to you with the answer as well rather yeah. than just a problem so it's yeah. it's uh, it's you know small things can make a big difference in that scenario
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah and this is um I mean it's really interesting stuff this and and I was gonna I, I did a bit of um digging around as you do um yeah. and i came across um i come across somebody who was talking about eq as opposed to iq have you got yeah. um we've got some views around what that's about
1: yeah so basically you know we all know what iq is it's my intelligent quotient it's the kind of where am i marked on um what's my score and, and it's the same, EQ re- re- refers to the same thing. It's kind of what's my level of emotional intelligence. It's my emotional quotient. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite often put a slide up in um, when I'm in corporate talking about your motivational quotient, you know, your experience quotient. These are all things that are considered to mm-hmm. uh, put us in a position in a job. And basically what is becoming more and more um Known, uh, it's been known in the sort of psychological world for a long time, but generally it's becoming more public. Is that emotional quotient, emotional intelligence, is the one that often causes executives, seniors, leaders to fail? Because if I can't imagine, if I can't manage my emotional outbursts, yeah, you know, if I'm still the kid having the tantrum when I don't get my own way, mm-hmm. um then that's what's going to cause me to fail because pretty much, you know, you're going to get booted out or you're going to get hauled over the coals for not being able to um, manage yourself and then lead and inspire others.
0: Yes, that's interesting, isn't it? So, um, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I, um, if there's something that we talk about a lot on these podcasts is is about listening. Yeah. Uh, and um, obviously it's so important. Um but when when we talk about um we all need somewhere where to vent so in other words when you get someone that's going to listen to you rather than you know want to fix all your problems that's that's really powerful but the thing is with venting venting's one thing with when you've got someone just listening to you in that in that respect but venting for instance when someone's done you you know cut you up on the junction or something like that doesn't really help does it
1: no, it doesn't really help anyone, um, and mostly it's a habit. Yes. So, um, you know, somebody cuts me up wherever, however that is, we just use that sort of metaphor again, um, and I need to explode. I need to say something. I need to respond to that. Mm. Whereas you also have another choice, which is is to go, whatever. Yeah. And it's a choice, and it's a habit, and so we're just used to – Um, getting an emotional kick because what's happening is we respond and we get a bit of anger and a bit of venting going on and we get a, we get a hit of um, cortisol and adrenaline and it feels good, you know, Mm. Um, and we can get addicted to that. And that's actually probably what most people are addicted to. Whereas, you know, do you want to just let them go? It's like if they feel they need to cut you up and, you know, it's more about them and their behaviour than it is about you. If you mm-hmm. choose to just then go, yeah, whatever. See you. You know, yeah, turn the like, music up. Focus on something else.
0: Yeah, and I guess, and it's it's about reframing, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, it's the meaning that you give to it that causes yes. the emotional reaction.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and <laughs> and when we talk about. Um, this obviously one of the one of the, the things that I, I came across as well was about um, relationships and social skills uh, mm. and and, and what, what would you say about that how do you how do, what, what sort of skills do you see as really important when you're leading a team and being part of the team as well
1: so um, the key word for me is collaboration so Whether it's within your family unit, whether it's in another organization, like I'm a governor in a school, so that's another team that I'm a member of, whether it's um, as a consultant, you go into an organization, you become part of that team. And Mm -hmm. as a leader, obviously, you're part of a number of teams quite often. And it's all about relating to others, you know, Mm -hmm. it's about that ability to relate, seek to understand. And then collaborate and join forces. Life is a team game. We don't do anything on our own. And I know that's a bit corny to say that. But we really, really do not do anything on our own. And why would you want to? You know, um, collectively and together, we're much stronger. And so for leaders, it is very much around how do I lead a team? How do I build relationships, stakeholders, internal and external? How do I take people with me? and it is. It's about it's about relating to others and being okay with the fact that every single person is a unique individual. There's sameness, there's difference, but everybody's unique. And just mm. accepting that and coming from that mindset.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Well, good. Good. Great advice. Um, <laughs> so, so if we're just going to sum up what we talked about here, that um, mm. is there is there three tips you can give the listeners as to how they would use become more aware of their emotional intelligence and how they could be more uh, emotionally intelligent with their team?
1: Yeah, sure. So the first thing to recognize is um, emotional intelligence is something we can develop. Mm -hmm. So unlike IQ, you've either got this score or you haven't, emotional intelligence is an ever-moving thing. And you're either demonstrating it more or less in a moment so my key top tips for people is to say keep learning keep reading keep growing keep you know expanding your knowledge of leadership and emotional intelligence particularly Mm -hmm. ask for feedback so practice your listening skills and listen hear the feedback positive and negative that people are giving you what do they like what do they appreciate about you Um, What do they think could be done differently? What could you tweak? Uh, What could you stop doing? Uh, Mm. Just listen. Don't defend, just listen. And the third thing is then to sit back and reflect and make some new choices. And that's it. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Learn,
1: listen, reflect.
0: And keep doing it.
1: Mm. (laughs) Absolutely. Just keep going.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Great stuff. Um, thank you, Anne Marie. I I'm really appreciate you coming on today. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk a bit more about this um, uh, uh, some other time. Uh, but for now, thank you very much.
1: Being my absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening today. As action leads to outcomes, make sure you make a note start stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode don't forget to subscribe at the where you'll find links to all the past episodes blogs blogs and how you can get in touch with me until next time bye for now